It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 73. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. This week, we have a heavy hitter, a podcast that you're going to enjoy for sure, a podcast where you'll learn something for sure, and a podcast where we go behind the scenes with Gopher Assistant Athletic Director Hugh McCutcheon. It's one of the first in-depth interviews Hugh has done since he announced his departure from coaching and taking on an advisory role within the Gopher Athletic Department as the coach of development coach. Hugh's so smart, so good, you're going to love the interview. Hugh also has a book out now titled Championship Behavior, a model for competitive excellence in sports. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone, and True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit Sunbelt Minnesota. Minnesota.com or TNMA.com today. We're also glad to have Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union with us on the Go Gopher podcast. Affinity Plus is your local credit union throughout the state of Minnesota. Find out more at affinityplus.org slash go gophers. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at chaplininsurance.com. We're podcasting episode 73 from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. We invite you to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to do so at any time. You can go back and listen to the Go Gopher podcast from previous weeks. In fact, last week we had a great show with Gopher baseball player Randon Dahman and his incredible story. Go back and listen. You'll love it. This week, it's episode 73, and we're talking Golden Gopher Athletics with the legendary Hugh McCutcheon. He'll join me next. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utek, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. Hi, Gopher fans. Switching is easy. We do it all the time. We switch on lights. We switch TV channels. We switch on the TV. And with the new transfer portal, some college students even switch colleges, which can seem crazy to us diehard fans. But what's not crazy is how you can switch and save with State Farm. In fact, my agency can switch you over so we can start saving today. My team is ready to welcome you to the State Farm neighborhood and show you it is, in fact, easy to switch and save. When you want the real deal, check us out at champlininsurance.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's episode number 73, and it's my pleasure to welcome to our Go Gopher podcast, the legendary Hugh McCutcheon, who joins us. And Coach, uh, hey, great to see you. Likewise, likewise. Thank you. Um, what has the last few months been like for you now that you're not coaching a team specifically, but still involved in coaching and helping and advising and yeah, it, around well, the department? I see yeah. you in the hallways. and I'm, I'm still here. Um yeah, first and foremost, I think the the narrative of retirement was probably I, I don't know if it was overplayed, but I don't think it's accurate. It's it's much more of a pivot than any kind of retirement. Uh, and so maybe also a narrative that might be out there. This is the idea of coaching coaches, which is not accurate. Uh, um, coach resource, coach advocate. Uh, you know, for for some of the younger coaches, maybe some mentorship or something like that. 
But uh, at no point am I here to tell people how to do their job. They know how to do their job. I'm just trying to help them yeah. to do their job. Yeah. But is there is there something though to be said for coaching is coaching regardless of sport? Like I, obviously you're not going to go in probably and sit with PJ Fleck and break down, you know, a, a, the four three defense. Right. But there are some things certainly that he might say. Hey, how did you handle this? And can you offer me some help? Absolutely. And I use him as an example just because he's a high profile coach. I'm sure all yeah. the coaches can use that, right? No, I, I think what you're describing is accurate relative to this idea of coaches have to wear a lot of hats. Yeah. So. That's a real thing. So for some coaches, it might be discussions around recruiting. For other coaches, it might be discussions around skill acquisition, practice design. For others, it might be, you know, conflict resolution on teams, or it might be about, you know, how to frame your season going forward and, and connect your goal to your daily intention, all that kind of stuff. So there's there's lots to it. And um, I think for me, the reason, you know, this, this, this pivot was attractive uh, you know, some of it had to do with this book. I think we're going to chat a little bit yep. about that. But, but you know, having coached both men and women, uh, you know, collegiately, internationally, having had these different experiences, uh, I, I think it, it makes me a little more um, credible to be able to speak to, to you know, gymnastics uh, or, or, to your point, to football. I mean, just, um, you know, I, I haven't been – I've been in a, in a volleyball lane, but I've been in all the lanes of volleyball, and – and so I think that affords me maybe a little more transfer when when I have these conversations with other coaches. Yeah, and have you had any unique ones like uh, since you've started this that you'd want to share that you thought, man, that that that's pretty cool that we we're able to connect and maybe help a little bit? Well, I think there's been a, a lot of that, and and yeah, not to get into specifics, but that idea of being able to help coaches, I just remember myself at times feeling like you're on an island. Uh, you know, that the, there's first of all. Uh, you know, coaching in and of itself is uh, it's a it's a complicated job, uh, but but there isn't a ton of academic rigor around it. So there's not there's not people that have a ton of you know a degree in coaching that go right. into coach. You know, not that you know all business majors go into business, but but there's certainly um, a lot of tradition in coaching. You tend to whatever parent the way you're parented. You tend to coach the way you were coached. And and in that time between maybe when you were an athlete and now you're a coach, there's a ton of best practice research that you could be drawing from from or or you know other information from other sources that you could be pulling into your method that could help you to get through stuff. But because there's no professional development, right? It's not like we go on sabbatical because you've got to recruit the next year and be ready for the next season. So there's none of that. There isn't this academic preparation. And and then also you're in this weird thing where you're trying to do the best you can and you're going to be judged by your outcomes publicly anyway. So you're trying to invest in great process and yet, you know, the, the outcomes matter, but you, you're trying to not, not to make it about the outcomes. So within, I guess what I'm saying is within all of that, um, I, I, at times I would spend, you know, a lot of mornings waking up at four thinking, you know, how the hell are we going to figure this out? Um, and I've had a number of interactions, um, with coaches in a lot of different spaces where they've had specific issues um, that I've been able to maybe be a sounding board for, possibly offer some advice, maybe be a conduit to solution. I'm not saying I'm all things to all people, but just the fact that I can be this, uh, like I said, this safe space where they can come and talk. I think that's probably a, a good thing because th th there hasn't been that yeah. before. Yeah, there's there's some uh, guidance there, or just uh, you know, as a this is a euphemism, but a shoulder to cry on maybe at yeah, times, right? Yeah, I mean, at but times, certainly empathy. I think. Yeah. Is, I mean, I, I think everyone 
wants to believe they know what coaching is, but I think coaching's a lot more than what what most people believe. So there's there's an empathy piece. Uh, like I said, you know, I, I have some credibility. I, I did it for a while, all these different populations. We did okay. We won more than we lost. So, you know, and we must know a little bit about what yeah. we're doing. So that's cool. And, um, you know, just to be able to, uh, again, you know, the, the, this position that I have right now within the org chart, I'm, I'm under administration, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not administration. I'm, I'm more like an internal consultant or something, if you would, where I'm I'm trying to help more with operational efficiency across all of it, you know, mm-hmm. helping coaches, um, you know, working with some student athletes from time to time, doing some stuff with admin around strategy and how that all works. So it's it's uh, very stimulating. And it's, it's been really great to apply all of these lessons from, you know, 27 years of coaching volleyball and, and yeah. putting it into this different space. You mentioned something that it, it spawned a, a question in my mind when you said you sometimes maybe wake up at four in the morning and how are we going to handle this? And then you find a solution. As a coach, and I suppose this is in real life too, because sometimes you hear um, you, you have a problem and then you solve it. And it's like, gosh, why was I worried about that? We, yeah. we had the solution. Right. But on the flip side, coaches a lot will say this. I hear this all the time, um, you know, the little things matter. The little things sure. matter. So you sweat those out, but then I also hear coaches will say, "Don't sweat the small stuff." So yeah. what is the how, how is the uh, what's the fine line between uh, uh, you know trying to figure out the small things absolutely matter because they lead to accomplishment and big things, but also not getting so caught up in the small things that you forget maybe what's yeah. what, what's at the end of the road. No doubt, you can get bogged down in the weeds. Uh, you know, there, that's a that's a real thing. However. Um, you know, my, my approach to little things was that there weren't any. Uh, we know that the margins are really thin uh, between winning and losing, right? So a play here and a play there could be the difference between winning the Big Ten or, you know, not making the NCAA tournament. And so to that end, um, we, we don't talk about little things. There's just things. And then you've got to rank them in order of importance and try to get through the list as best you can. But, um, yeah, it, it's sweat, not sweating the small stuff. Uh, I, I think could could possibly fall you into missing some opportunities for improvement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you as you coached? Were you a list maker? You mentioned prioritize a list. Would you, <laughs> would you sit down? Like I when yeah. I work in my uh, little work, I, I have I'm a list guy, yeah. and then I x yeah. off the task. One, it makes me feel good. Like oh, I got a lot done yeah, today. Right, right, right. But, You're but two, yeah. uh, I'm getting old to the point where if I don't write a list down, I'll forget to do stuff I need to do. Um, and that's a little different than what you're talking about. But were you, as when you coached, did you yeah. write it on a chalkboard or? No, I'd try to. I'd, I'd have a good list. But you know, waking up at four in the morning, you'd, you'd um, I'd text myself um, just so I could get it off my brain. So I could, yeah. you know, what happens is it gets in there and then it's spinning around. So okay, I'll try to deal with this at a more appropriate time and <laughs> and see what happens. But what I find is if I couldn't offload it, then it would stay. So if I could write it down, whatever, voicemail myself or whatever, or or text it to myself, then okay, it was it was there, it was safe, I could deal with it in, you know, in the morning. Well, yeah. later in the morning and, yeah. and go from there. Yeah, and and then move on. Um so give me an example as there's probably not an average day for Hugh McCutcheon right now as you yeah. are around the facility, but what what is a what is a day-to-day, week to week life like now for you as you offer uh your guidance to a lot of these coaches and administrators and those kind of things? Well, it's it's it evolves fairly organically. Like I said, I, I'm not here to tell anyone how to do their job. I'm just trying to help. So to that end, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of drive-bys. Uh, you know, I have an office here in, in Beerman. People might stop by and check in on something, which is cool. 
I like that organic nature to it all. Um, I, I certainly try to get ahead and there's some meetings and check-ins with various stakeholders in the department uh, as well as the coaches. And and then as needed, hey, we'd like you to come and talk to our athletes or can you speak to this specific athlete about a specific issue? Um, you know, there's no problem there. So so it, it's taken uh, many and varied forms but yeah, generally, uh, you know, we wake up and I, I uh, we drop the kids off at school, and then I'll come on into work, and we'll put a good day into the office and head home. And and the biggest difference would be that uh, my evenings are my evenings, and my weekends are my weekends. Uh, whereas they used to be, you know, you'd get home and you've still got four recruiting calls to make, and and all the stuff that goes with that. And then on the weekends, you're you're in a gym. So um, it's been quite. A revelation to to spend these weekends with my family and my evenings with them as well. You mentioned uh, that it was a pivot more than retirement mm. or what have you. What was the family time? Was that part of why you wanted that Absolutely. pivot? Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons I got out of international volleyball was to to be around more. You know, at the time with the with the way the international volleyball calendar was, I was probably on the road 130 or 150 days a year and. And it wasn't like a day here and a day there. It was, you know, we'd go on the road for 30 days or whatever at a time sometimes. And once the kids became part of the package, it was like, man, I, you know, and, and I, I say this knowing that I, here's a goal I'll never get. You, I'm trying to be, we're all trying to be the best dads we can be. I was mm-hmm. trying to be number one dad. I wasn't worried too much about number one coach. That wasn't the thing that was defining me. Um, so as we got into, you know, the, the last five years of, of, of co- collegiate sport, I think, when I first started in the, in here at Minnesota in this space in 2012, it seemed like there were very protected times where you were off. And then, yeah, there were big chunks of time when you were on, but it was, whatever, two days in Indiana. It wasn't 30 days in Asia. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it was still manageable. You were still around. Um, but it seemed like I'd say there was definitely a shift in the last five years to th- those times that used to be off weren't weren't off anymore. All of a sudden, you know, there was there was more calls, more stuff to do, more more things you had to be on top of. And... Um, listen, I, it's a great job, volleyball coach at the University of Minnesota. It's, it's wonderful. But, uh, again, going back to what was driving me, hey, I'm trying to be number one dad, and I felt like I was getting further away from being able to honor that. And so this, you know, I, I feel so fortunate to be in this position where, yeah, you know, now at a time when the kids are 11 and 13, I can be around more and, and, um, and you know, help them out. Yeah, you can be taxi driver. Yeah, right. That's Take right. Them to, are they involved in a lot of stuff now? They're playing some sport and doing some music and some other bits and bobs. Yeah. We try to get them involved in a lot of different things. But yeah, just just to be around more has been um, wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I feel very fortunate, as I said. And we want to talk about your book as well. Uh, I'm going to save that for a little later, but was that part of the pivot too? You wanted to, did you, you could devote yeah. a little more time to, to finishing your book? No, the book was done. Um, so, so, out of professional courtesy, you know, to Mark, I just was like, hey, just so you know, uh, I wrote this book and it's coming out in a few months, you know. And he's like, all right, that sounds cool. Um, let's, you know, let's go through some of the due diligence on the university end to make sure there weren't any issues with block AMs or any of that. Yeah. There, there was nothing there. It's all, uh, it was all clean. But, and he's like, hey, would you, would you talk me through it? And I was like, sure. So we spent a few hours going through the the book, which is is written to be, uh, it's not a volleyball book, it's a sports book, but it's written to be a, a framework for what I call competitive excellence, but really a process of identifying an outcome goal that you want to achieve. And then how do you connect 
to that goal in terms of how you're going to achieve it and what behaviors you're going to acquire to support it. But then skill development, uh, so skill acquisition, skill application, and then into this whole idea of achievement and competing as well. So I wanted it to be this kind of... uh, Kind of soup to nuts. Here's here's yeah. how it looks, and not that any of this is algorithmic, but certainly there should be guiding principles along the way that are driving your methods. And what I've found is that th- there's all this research in the space of achievement, but how it gets applied hasn't been well documented or discussed. And that was the space I was I was looking to fill. So to that end, we had this discussion, and, and Mark was like, "Hey, this is a this is a thing. I mean, we could really use this in the department." and I'd already told him, and I, t- you know, you can ask anyone. I've told people all the time. I still didn't know what I wanted to be when I grow up. I yeah. mean, that was a pretty constant theme for me. But the idea of maybe using the book as a framework for what we're doing here, at least as a starting point for discussion, um, f- yeah, was was super exciting. And that led to more conversations, and then you know, all of a sudden, it looked like that's the direction we were going in. And at that point. You know, that's that's when I was talking to Mark and Julie about, hey, we should at least let people know. I, I wasn't going to have recruits sign or, or or even talk to recruits for 24 and 25, or maybe it was only 24 we were talking to at that point. But um, talk to potential student athletes about coming to Minnesota if I already knew that I wasn't going to be a part of it. That felt really disingenuous and, and crummy, and, and they were great. And they were like, look, yeah, absolutely. You can't, you know, have your career and, and stand for – what you stood for, and then all of a sudden try to light, cheat, and steal on the way out the door. And 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 I was like, yeah, cool. I'm glad you see it that way because I don't want to do that. So we that's how we kind of came to that agreement of, hey, I'm going to retire and, and, again, retire, whatever that means, but stop coaching at the end of the year right. and then kind of things and then, from there. And then move it. And and actually that that part of the, the, the integrity of that, and now the, the landscape of college athletic has changed so much with transfer portal I mean, technically in volleyball, it always was kind of a transfer portal, right? There was no sit-out year, but it's it's totally changed now, too. Uh, no, they 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 did. They had the same rules a while back, but but as it yeah, it, the transfer thing, yeah, just like everyone else, it it became it changed. It changed um, the nature of but, it. But but I guess the reason I brought it up is the the idea that you decided you didn't want to mislead anybody. Yeah. It may have come at a cost, right? Like there may have been a recruiter or two who were was going to sign here if they didn't know any different. Yep. But that was worth it because you wanted to be a man of integrity, right? Well, uh, yes. <laughs> I, I guess ultimately, to me, it was always about trying to do the right thing. And and whether I did or whether I didn't, you know, I, I'm, I'm not here to discuss that. Yeah. or I, I don't get to determine that. I just tried to operate as best I saw fit with um, – you know, with with whatever was going on at the time, but in this particular instance, these these conversations with even with our current student athletes, because in in the day of the the transfer portal, you're recruiting your own athletes as much as you're recruiting anyone else. Right. Um, so even just talking to our own internally, our conversations, and then yeah, when you're in the evenings, you're on the phones with these kids that are verbally committed, or or you know, you're you're talking to them about possibly coming in the following year. It it just it was really heavy for me, and I was just like, man, this isn't, this isn't right. This, as in, like, and no one was making me do that. It was just like, okay, we'd gotten to this point in the discussion where it was pretty clear that this is the direction we were going, and I'm like, well, if this is where we're going, let's just let people know. That feels like the right thing to do. Right. So that was it. That and, was you know, it. I'm, I'm not saying it was better or worse. I'm just saying for me, it was great to operate in truth, and I think ultimately, for the program, yeah, hey, it was a little bit of a clunky time for a couple of weeks, people soon forget. 
you know, I mean, we, we all move on. But it gave everyone plenty of time to figure out what they wanted to do, if they wanted to do anything. And and by the time we got to the end of the season, yeah, no one cared, as they shouldn't. You right. know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> here's a guy that's going to go do something different. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. It worked out just fine. Um, have you, in this role, um, on one side, you're offering help. What have you then also maybe, because you have this flow chart, I guess, this uh, with this book, we'll talk more about yeah. your idea of, you know, as you say, get to A to B to C, and here's here's the story. So I think, well, let me start first. When people, when I first heard Hugh's got a book, I'm like, oh, well, this will be great. He'll talk about winning the gold. He'll talk about <laughs> his time in Minnesota, like a biography, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah Now, yeah. you're going to have to do a book like that. We all want to uh, read that as yeah, well. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. But, but this we'll is see. more of kind of a how-to, offer a little inspiration, a little guide to sure. excellence, as you say in the title. Well, yeah, so the anecdotal book, yeah, who knows, maybe down the road. But, but the idea of... Uh, especially in this current role, being able to approach people with like, here's the research and here's how you apply it versus like, hey, please read a book of all these anecdotes about how we did this or we did that. I mean, that, no one wants to read. Maybe, I don't think anyone wants to read that. But but I think for coaches, the fact that the book isn't about like me per se, it's not me telling telling people like, this is how you do it. All I'm saying is like, hey, here's the research Here's how it applies. You got to figure out how it works best for you and your program. But but these are the foundational principles you should be using in your methods, and that's a much easier conversation than oh well, you should have seen us in whatever 2013, <laughs> and we did it this way, and you know, right? Yeah, that, that doesn't transfer. It doesn't relate. So you, so you've got a baseline here, and this is setting up to the question in the time now that you've been in the new role. What have some of the other coaches maybe? as you've gotten to know them and been around their practices or sat in their offices or whatever, what what info have you gotten from them that has also kind of maybe rung a bell to say, oh, yeah, that that's a good idea or, yeah. you know. Uh, no, no, that's a two-way street. Absolutely, I get, to, I, I get to be in other people's environments and see how they're doing it, which is cool. But I think one of the greatest, well, for me, one of the greatest opportunities is I now have time where I never had time. And so uh, they can say, hey, we, we're struggling with this thing, and I, I've got the bandwidth to do some research or have a look and, and see how maybe they're doing it in other countries or in other systems in similar sports, and then kind of come back to them and like, hey, have you thought of looking at it this way? So um, no doubt, yeah, I'm picking up all kinds of things from everyone, which is great. But there's also this opportunity to to go and explore and, and do research around some of these issues, some of these problems. and you know, come back with some different solutions. So that's that's the thing that's been great. I saw you hanging around spring football quite a bit. You get yeah. to be a little bit of a football guy. Well, uh, I was trying to. I'm trying to learn. <laughs> and uh, coach was was uh, great at having me uh, speak to his his group a couple of times and yep. and uh, chat with him and and a couple of his coaches at times. And and you know that it's it's a really important part of our department. Football. There's no question. They're they're the the economic engine, they're the, the most uh, recognizable sport on campus. Uh, I think, you know, however you feel about football, you've got to understand that they're a really important part of it. Um, and I really have a lot of respect for, for PJ. I think his his world is really complicated, and um, and he's trying to do it right. You know, we talk about integrity. He, here's another guy trying to do it the right way. And, and I get it. Like, he's not trying to be all things to all people, but you can't be in that space and not have something to hang your head on. Like he's got his thing. 
And I get it. If it doesn't, he's not trying to be all things to all people, but if it doesn't work, that that's fine. But he's absolutely authentic and and believes and and his guys are right there with him. And you know, we we look at graduation rates, we look at GPAs, we look at all the, the success they're having on the field of play. I mean, it's um it's really impressive. So, you know, to your point, being around other people that are doing it different ways, you know, if you didn't if you didn't get to see kind of behind the curtain, you'd see it at face value and you'd be like, well, we've got all these acronyms and we're rowing boats and doing all this stuff. Well, what does that really mean? Well, th- there's there's substance to that. Yeah. So I, I got a lot of respect for how he's doing it. So to your question, you know, once he once he said, Hey, come and be around it, I, I wanted to be around it. I want to learn, I wanna help. because, um, you know, if 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 we continue to improve, that helps everybody. It's funny too, right? With uh, his approach, and he said it. He's not necessarily for everyone, um, as he's been in it now long enough. As the rosters age, um, those old guys now have been around, mm-hmm. and you can see that they're entwined in the culture, you yeah. know, and whatever word you want to choose. But when it comes, you mentioned the acronyms and the slogans and all that. When it comes right down to it, if you remove everything, I bet a lot of what is in your book about how to reach success. There's a lot of However you want to put a label on it, there's a lot of stuff when right. you see how he's doing things. Or Like I had Don Plitzwhite on the show on this podcast maybe a month or so ago, three weeks ago. And as she's sitting in the chair you're sitting in right now as we're recording, she's not saying what PJ's saying in terms of words and the different things. But the outcomes are exactly take care of the ball. We got to yep. learn how to not do this. We got to yeah, learn yeah, to do yeah, this. And yeah. it's almost like a like Target Corporation's handbook <laughs> is going to be different than – Right, Chick Fil A's handbook, but the outcomes they're going to want to be the same. And well, I'm and sure volleyball yeah, and no, basketball no, I, and I think you're football the and, same. And that's what I was trying to express in the book is like, hey, here are the principles, but you got to apply them in a way that works for you and yeah. it's authentic to you. So you know, it goes through again. Peach is doing his thing, but but it, it goes through him, and that's his. That's the way it, it gets expressed through him. Yeah, the principles are probably similar to your point, but their application is different, and it should be different. But, uh, you know, that idea of, you know, we talk a lot about leadership in, in society these days. And, it, it, I mean, don't get me wrong, leadership's important. But it has to be authentic, uh, consistent. These people have to be credible sources of knowledge and information, and they have to have integrity. And, and I think, you know, we're, you know, we're talking about Dawn. We're talking about uh, PJ. You know, that, that, that's what they've got. And then, yeah, they, they, but that authenticity piece is real. You know, he, he can't be someone else. I, I can't try to be whatever, Pat Riley or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? Going yeah. back in the day, right? Um, or or whoever it is, Eric Spolster today. I, you, you, you've got to be true to yourself. And that that part of it is really, really important. So, yeah, principles similar, application different. Uh, I'm trying to be a conduit to help people figure out how to apply them in a way that works for them and their program. Yeah. Probably the question I get the most if I go out, if people recognize maybe who, who I am or what I do, or if they don't and then they find, oh, you're the guy on the radio, almost – Always the first question is, is PJ really like that all the time? Is he really <laughs> that way? Or right. or people will just flat out say, he, he can't, he, he's got to be, it's got to be an act. It can't be real. Yeah, right. And my answer is, at least in my time, it's, that's exactly who he is. Right. You, you see exactly, like, that is who he is. Now, for some people that might turn him off. Right. But that's who he is. He's not putting on any kind of a, a fraudulent front whatsoever. Right. And, and I would add to that, hey, there's some some real substance and depth to the man. But here's the deal. If he can't believe what he's doing, then how on earth is he going to get anyone else to believe it? Right. So, yeah, of course he's got to operate from conviction, and he should. You know, he's, he's got a lot of good stuff going. Yeah. Now, I would guess now when you go out, speaking of questions that get asked a lot, 
people will ask you, do you miss coaching? <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, and so times. I'm going to pose yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I'll pose that to you right now in terms of you're still around it. You're yeah. still getting that, um, that, you know, feeding the beast, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, the competitive nature a little bit. But, and, and maybe it'll change when the, when the matches start in the fall. Yeah. Who knows? Possibly. But Possibly. what, what, uh, how has it been from that standpoint? Well, you know, what are we, five months in or something like yeah. that? Six months coming up? Um, yeah, listen, it's coaching was a, was, was all I did for 27 years and uh, or 27 seasons. And it was, it was great. And I, I learned a ton. And, it, yeah, I got to go to some mountaintops and have some incredible experiences. So no regrets there. But it just felt like it was time to – to try to do something a little bit different, especially, again, this book kind of being a cornerstone for cementing so much of my lessons learned along the way. And, and so now uh, to have an opportunity to, to uh, apply all of that, whatever it is, knowledge, experience uh, in this different way has been really fulfilling. And and you combine that with hey you know more time with the fam and and maybe a little more work life balance uh, it feels pretty great so uh, I'm not uh, yeah I I, I don't uh, miss it but but I don't and I, I'm not like man I, I I'm sure bummed I coached for that long it just felt like it was a really good right. time to call it and um, you know the program's in good hands they're they're going to be great and and I'm going to be able to you know, maybe add value in different ways to the department. That feels pretty good. And I also do some uh, some work with the International Volleyball Federation. And uh, and that's been really good because then I can still keep my my kind of hand in the volleyball game and still yep. be around that uh, um, and connected to it in a, in a very real way and, and still get my fix there. So, yeah, I, I feel like I've, I'm, I'm doing okay. Uh, maybe that'll change, as you see it. Once one season comes around, maybe I'll miss it more. But right now um, – yeah, I, I I just feel really fortunate. And you or you might love it even more. You don't have to worry about wins and losses anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who yeah, knows? We'll, yeah. we'll find out. Well, and and from from that standpoint as well as you're as you're now into this new part, the the coaching part of it. You mentioned 27 seasons. I don't know in today's day and age now with everything, even in the last three years, how it's changed with name, image, and likeness, transfer portal, um, budgets, and and trying to figure everything out. And um, whether it's volleyball or football or basketball or hockey, 27 years is a long time. I mean, that's a, yeah. uh, in what what's going on now. How would the job change even in your 10, I guess, 11 yeah. seasons here yeah. from day one to the end? And then when you have the success you had, uh, I suppose that then kind of feeds into its own little uh, beast itself, right? Yeah, the expectations continue to grow. Uh, that's for sure, and and that's okay. I mean, that that's an external. You don't have to to let it define you. But it, it, at times, it would it would get to be a little intrusive, and and it could be a little dehumanizing. You know that. No, again, not that I'm a victim of anything, but you know, you're, you're going to have dinner with your kids, and people want to come up and talk about the team. That's fine. You're just trying yeah. to have dinner with your kids, you know. Yeah, be nice to for do sure. Separation of just church and nice state. Little, no, 100%. <laughs> so, but I don't, I don't begrudge anyone that because I know it's all coming from a good space, and that's exactly you know that's part of what you sign up for. But you know, now uh, in this in this new role, people want to say hi, cool, you know. But generally, uh, you know, yeah. oh yeah, there's a guy that used to do something. That's fine, you know. Not maybe, nearly as relevant. And maybe I'll ask it the other way then, in terms of, do you miss coaching? I'm going to ask it. Are there things about coaching you don't miss one bit right now? Maybe. Well, 
again, you know, if if I was if I was still in it, um, you know, recruiting be opened up, we'd be out all the time, beating the bushes, and yeah. um, you know, I wouldn't be hanging out on the weekends with my kids and or taking them to basketball or doing whatever it is they're right. doing, you know, and and so that's part of it. Um, you know, June June fifteenth will come and go for me, and um, that'll be okay. I won't have to frantically make <laughs> you know twenty phone calls or do right. whatever now that recruiting opens up and yeah. All that stuff. So, it's it's those kind of things, you know. Part of my deal, you know, in terms of how I see all of it is, yeah, life's for the living, and whether you like it or not, I I, I think we get one spin on the rock, right? I'm, I'm not into reincarnation. I'm not yeah. sure we come back as anything else. <laughs> right. So okay. If, so if this is your go, then you know we 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 live in this world where there's kind of this idea, and I'd say having been a coach for a while, I've lived it as much as anyone. But this idea that, you know, once you get this outcome that somehow you've arrived and that, you know, whatever, life is is different, you know, the next day. So for example, taking, you know, winning a gold medal. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you you the narrative around gold medals is that somehow uh you you get that achievement and and life is drastically different. You there's ticker tape and and whatever, the Wheaties box and you're on the Today show or whatever. And and it's all magical and and somehow now you're a gold medalist and, and you're going to be treated differently. But the reality, of course, is first and foremost, you know, you, we're in USA and and there's one Wheaties box and there's probably at a Summer Olympics anyway, maybe 90 gold medalists. I, I mean, like we might win gold in 36 events or something, but th- three of those might be team events or four of those sure. might be team events. So now you've got whatever, times 12, right? Uh so where I'm going with this is like, okay, we want a gold medal. Uh, it was great. And, and believe me, it's it's way better than not winning one. Uh, but the next day, you know, the guys still had to get up and brush their teeth and make their bed and go get breakfast. You know, I mean, it wasn't yeah. – life was a little bit better the next day. But it wasn't drastically different. So I think we we get into this narrative of achievement, and and I think people get there, and then they're like, "What? Th- this was it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that was it? And I think we, we'll find that in careers. We'll find that in, in any number of areas in our life. Even in – I think you could even look at that in youth sport as a, as a really interesting part of it as well. But – we get talked into giving away a lot of our todays for the promise of a better tomorrow. That's the point I'm getting to. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, that tomorrow might be a bit better, but it also may not be. Right. Right. So there's no guarantee. So what you really got to do is take care of today. And so enjoy the journey to wherever yeah, you're getting. Right? Yeah, yeah. So what I find right now, to your question, and I get it, I'm, I kind of go off on all these tangents, is that, yeah, my todays are, are feeling more authentic and, and more grounded. And I, I can, I'm feeling like I can honor my commitments in my life. And I, I got great work life balance. And again, I just feel fortunate. So I'm having some good todays. So what do I not miss? Yeah, I don't know if I could say there's anything specific. Other than to say, man, I'm I'm sure glad I get to do this now. Yeah, feels pretty good. It's a great way to look at it for sure. Um, how with the with the um, with the volleyball program now, and you're overseeing overseeing maybe is not the right word, but helping with with a lot of sports. How close do you want to follow volleyball and help with that uh, in terms of what you've meant to the program? Yeah, you cast a shadow a little bit, right? So how, how do yeah. you how do you handle that? I'll help them any way I can, and and this it's exactly what I told them. Like, hey, you guys drive it. I'm here if you want to talk anything. Uh, if I can help in any way, absolutely, I'm going to help you. Um, but you guys drive that. I'm not going to be you know whatever knocking on yeah. your door and, and showing up to practice. But if you want to engage, uh, absolutely. As as we kind of feel out this transition, because again, it's a little atypical. But you know, we yeah, the the, the cupboard's full. They got. 
good athletes, uh, good players, um, and and they've got good coaches. So you'd expect them to continue. Did you know Keegan at all before? I mean, obviously, I know through associations. Yeah, and stuff, we all but... we all kind of know each other. I, I'd say Keegan and I knew each other reasonably well, uh, not really well, but but yeah, we we had a relationship. Yeah. Do you so, th- will you be a season ticket holder? Well, I was still trying to work that out because I've got other sports now that I've yeah. got to uh, that I got to help out with. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see how all that unfolds, but we'll, we'll be there in some capacity at, at different times. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I got to read a quick commercial, then we're going to talk about uh, the book more in detail and how people can maybe uh, get it as well to help. Them, But first, we want to talk about Affinity Plus, your local credit union proudly serving Minnesota since 1930. If you're a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, that makes you eligible to join this financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first. You can meet with a local employee at any of their branches statewide. That includes right here near campus in Minneapolis and anywhere in Minnesota. To learn more or find another way to connect, here's the webpage, affinityplus.org slash gogophers. That's affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA. They have a top-ranked mobile app. You can check that out. And we appreciate their support of Gopher Athletics as they are big Gopher boosters. All right, so let's. Uh, we've we've referenced this uh, beautiful book a number of times now. Championship Behaviors: A Model for Competitive Excellence in Sports by Hugh McCutcheon. There you go. Um, so how did uh, how how long was this in your mind that you wanted to do this? Hmm. Uh, yeah, a while in that for a while, people had told me that I should write a book, but I, when they would say that I was, I was always like, well, I don't even know what I'd write about, but, (laughs) but over time, and I'd say more over the last couple of years, um, it, I had much more clarity around what I thought, um, I don't know if needed to be said, but maybe what I wanted to say, I, I think, Sport is a really great thing, and I think we're, yeah, you know, we're we're missing out on some of the wonderful aspects of sport by being so focused on outcomes, and and you know in the life of comparison, social media, mm-hmm. all that stuff, you know, people are so afraid of you know quote unquote failure that that we're not really engaging, and and youth sports getting a little complicated as again you know we're we're investing all this time and money for the promise of a better tomorrow down the road, and and there's no guarantee that that's even going to come to fruition. Right. So so the, the, there's this kind of sport uh, industrial complex that's going on as well. So what I, what I was trying to get to with the book was, and, and I, you know, I did this um, TED, TED Talk thing uh, in Fargo a few years ago, um, a part of a TEDx event there, really just trying to talk about the value of sport to society. And, and, I, what I wanted to do, not that they were connected, they're, they're both called championship behaviors. That I called the speech the, the, or the talk the same thing. But what I wanted to give the book was give athletes, coaches, and parents of athletes um, a, a framework or a way to really assess what athletic performance and achievement look like. And and to that end, so for for athletes, like if you want to be good, well, I always found when I was when I was trying to learn how to play volleyball, like you'd go to practice, but there was no like, well, what's, what am I supposed to do in this? I mean, it seemed like I was being told what to do and you do it, but well, how do you actually learn? How do you, how do you compete? Um, how do you be a good teammate? Uh, all, all of that stuff. So I tried to fill that space for athletes, um, for coaches. Like I said, not much academic rigor in our profession. One of the things I found out was there was, there's about 5,300 universities in America. There's 57 that have undergraduate degrees in coaching. 
and so you know my Andrew our, our son is 13 uh 7th grade math teacher has a degree in mathematics certification in teaching uh, his basketball coach really nice guy i don't know what his degree is in if he has one i don't yeah. know if he's got a certification in anything to do with basketball or or not um and nothing against him but i'm just saying like coach probably has much bigger influence than teach and yet teach has to go through a lot to get there a lot there. of stuff yeah. yeah so what i wanted to give coaches was here's here's all the research around achievement here's the the principles um and here's how you apply them so that when they show up to practice that they've got something that they can go to uh, to help them plan or to prepare for a season or, or even a, a practice like I said, but something real that they can use that can help them be better at their craft. And, and one of the things that's interesting about coaching is that it's uh, a low barrier to entry, and yet there's all of this power and influence that's automatically given. Right, I mean, I, I get it. We call doctors doc, but I don't call Mark director coil. No, you know, right. yet we call our coaches coach, we and do. and we say that we we defer out of respect. But but what tends to happen is th- that idea of you know someone being called coach who becomes who they are, not what they do. And and I think it's really important that we separate um, you know our ego from our vocation because once coach is who you are, I think it gets to be a little bit complicated. I'll leave it at that. But going back to where I was going, like so, low barriers to entry. Can you volunteer? Do you have time? Sometimes it's the parent of a kid. Sometimes it's someone that wants to be in control and in a position of power. Uh, sometimes it's someone who has unresolved sporting aspirations themselves. Uh, maybe they're afforded a degree of social connection that they wouldn't have otherwise. You know, but none of those are great motives for being in there and trying to help a kid become the best they can be on and off the field of play. And so what we really want is people that understand that coaching is a thing, that there's uh, there's – scientific research behind it as, as a, uh, a vehicle for improvement in life and improvement in sport. And that, that, that's another part where I was trying to get to in this whole thing. Like, hey, it's cool to win. It sure beats losing. Don't get me wrong. But being about excellence and winning don't have to be mutually exclusive. You can be about best practice methods, best intention, um, best effort, and you'll win more than you lose. But making it about winning means like if you play in a an average league, then to win it, you've got to be a little bit better than average. And, yeah. You know, uh, trying to live a life that's moderately better than average doesn't seem like a very inspiring goal, right? So let's try to become the best we can be and see what happens from there. Uh, and then lastly, you know, parents, wh- where do they fit into this? Well, parents are spending a lot of money these days for youth sport. I think that's the reality. Well, in, in, in some sports, not all, I, I get that, but uh, there's, a, there's a fairly hefty investment. So how on earth do you determine whether there's good ROI on that investment? Um, and I would say, well, if, if you see that, that these are principle-based methods or this, 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 some of the things you're seeing in the book, um, well, th- that probably would suggest that there's good stuff going on and that it's probably worth continuing there. But but if you go somewhere and they're, and they're making it up as they go along and they're charging you an arm and a leg to be there, well, why are we doing that? Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and um, my young ones are now older, but uh, and this was a while ago. I think it's ratcheted up even more now. But yeah, you get you, I mean, there's now businesses that, that are, the, the, the sole function of the business is to help either train young kids, 10, mm-hmm. 12, 15, whatever yeah. years old, in any number of sports. And so it, it has become an industry. It has become um, a, a way that uh, that parents have to, want, you know, they want to make sure, right, that they're taking their sons or daughters to the right spot, yeah, getting absolutely. the right 
proper coaching. So who's who do you think is a good target for this book? Obviously, you're using the the pillars, I guess, in this as your job just even here, which is kind of what led to mm. this new role. But who um, youth coaches? Uh, I'd say businessman. Yeah. I yeah. mean, well, uh, first of all, it's scalable and transferable. You know, these these are principles that you can apply to a, a youth sport practice. To uh, you know, hey, we're going to go coach in the Olympics tomorrow. We could probably use. I mean, these principles will still be valid. It's yeah. how they get applied. Obviously, it's a different population. And so that's one of the things. Like, here are the principles. It's up to you to apply them in a way that works for the population that you're working with and then in a way that works authentically with you because you're going to be the leader right. of that endeavor, right? So that's that's part of it. Um, but like I said, you know, athletes, coaches, um, parents, of ath- uh, parents of athletes, and yeah, it could be youth. It could be collegiate. Um, you know, it could be anyone. But it you know, there's been a few um, business people uh, that, that the book has really resonated with, um, mainly because there's some stuff about high-functioning teams. I'm a big believer in high-functioning teams. I think there's some stuff there that that they're really um, – that they find useful. And, and even the ideas of, of development, uh, you know, especially in the business context, it, it's relatively easy to hire. It, it's a little more complicated to let people go. Um, how do you – how do you – develop employee engagement. Well, can we develop people? Can you come here and get better at your craft? And is there a path forward for you to improve and and do all that stuff? So so trying to find ways to get people to connect to the the goal, um, be that, you know, win a national championship or, you know, drive up share price or whatever it is. Um, you know, I think people really like that idea of the kind of beginning to end this very clear path for achievement. Is... Um as now you're uh, a parent of youth sports mm. activities, but you're a high-level coach with a lot of success. How have you been able to – how would you describe yourself as a parent now when you watch your kids take part and maybe somebody else is coaching them? Because I think a lot of parents struggle with that. You mentioned some might have their own um, unfulfilled aspirations and mm. what have you. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I try to uh, – f- first of all, with with our kids, um, yeah, I don't say much of anything at all. I, I just try to sit there and be supportive. Um, and and if I have anything to add, I'll I'll ask them. Like, hey, do you want the dad hat or the coach hat? Which one do you want me to wear? And and if they're like, here, you know, whatever, coach hat. Okay, well, have you ever thought about this? And if it's dad <laughs> hat, then just hey, I love you and way to work hard. You know, I mean, I there's not much to it. But but your point is is real, right? This this idea that. Um, you know that somehow parents are connecting their child's outcomes to their self worth. Uh, you know, I mean, it gets complicated in a hurry. And and you know, one of the things I talk about early in the book is this idea of like, hey, being being good at anything is really difficult. If it were easy, we'd all be really good at something, and then we would all be good at nothing, right? Because yeah. it wouldn't matter. But but you need you need your your head, not not someone else's. Your head, your heart. Maybe even you need your gut at times, right? You need all three of those things. But what will happen, especially in youth sport, is, uh, you know, whatever. Here's little Timmy, and mom and dad cheer when he scores in, in his seven and under basketball game or whatever. And, and when he doesn't score, they don't say much or they look disappointed or they, you know, raise their hands up or they yell at the ref or who knows, right? So if you're thinking, well, okay, here's little Timmy. What's he thinking? Well, okay, I score more points. I get more love Well, or whatever. I get more validation. Right. So – that seems to be kind of a weird path to go down. Yet I think a lot of people go down that path. And and that's so that either get more 
pats on the back and more strokes, or or um, maybe I get yelled at least in the car on the way home, or whatever it is. <laughs> right, you know, right? Uh, I mean, we we joke about it, but this stuff is unfortunately real, and yeah. so our children are. Like it's their deal, it's their journey, and and we're trying to help them, give them experiences, give them opportunities, but they need to like it, they need to love it. It's their head and their heart, and they need to be able to work through the tough times. and And yet, we're so worried as parents about isolating them from from failure, when when really, you know, failure is the best opportunity to learn. And and yeah, so I, I think it's a lot. The sports industrial complex is real. People are trying to sell you on the next ladder on this rung of achievement, again, kind of give away today for the promise of a better tomorrow. But first of all, they're not the decision makers relative to what might happen tomorrow or the goal you're hoping to achieve. And, you know, there's no direct correlation between, you know, do this and get that. It's not how it works. So feels like it's a lot. How about two as a parent? Now, you've literally written a book on coaching. Right. You've coached at a high level. Um, there are, as you mentioned, it's a low entry point in terms of qualifications to coach. Sometimes it's whoever has free time yeah, yeah, to do it. get a yeah. practice plan, who yep. can go to the church gym on Wednesday and coach the kids up to shoot baskets, whatever. Um, how is a parent, um, what, what is your suggestion, I guess, for parents who might have issues with their kids' coaches? Because I think that becomes yeah. a big thing in youth sports. Now, you're a guy that's written a book on coaching, so even, <laughs> I'd, I'd ask you personally, like, how do you, how do you handle your kids' coaches? Um, yeah, I, I try to treat them with uh, with respect, and 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 I don't, you know, if they have if they ever have questions, I would answer them, but yeah. I don't engage. And I'll tell you this because if I'm so upset with the way they're getting coached, then either I've got to start coaching them, or you know, like put up or shut up a little bit, yeah. right? Um, I choose to believe that they're doing the best they can with what they've got, and. Um, you know, if they ask for feedback at the end of the year or if there's a survey or whatever, and I had an issue, I might bring it up then. Yeah. But in, in the meantime, um, yeah, just okay, this is what it is. This is and and if, if, uh, if, our, if our child has an issue, I try to say, hey, if you've got a problem with the coach, then go and talk to the coach. Right. You know, I mean, it's their deal. It's not my deal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the name of the book is Championship Behaviors, a Model for Competitive Excellence in Sports. I have, uh, I printed out some info on it from Amazon, so I know you can get it from there. I'm sure there's some yeah. other places too. Yeah. Amazon and, and uh, you know, all the usual uh, retail outlets for the for the hard copy for the book. There's an um, Audible version and, and Apple has it on their uh, Apple Books platform as well. Yeah. I think you can get an e-reader version from Apple and from uh, from Kindle as well. So, um, so yeah, it's it's out there. You can uh, listen to me, uh, you know, wax poetic on on coaching in the audible version, or you can. So uh, you did the audible uh, version. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. I'm gonna get that. <laughs> well, you know, we that's our running joke yeah, on our yeah, caravan. Yeah, yeah. No, you can was, read the phone book in Owatonna, and I'll listen. So it was interesting. They, uh, they you know, the whatever the the publisher of the book then sells the rights to the audiobook. and and they had a little auction. There were a few companies that were interested. And then whenever the company got it, they they um, they were like, okay, we're we're moving forward, and and uh, I had to audition to to read it, but um, luckily they they thought it would be okay, and especially it had to be with like the content. One, one sentence, in no, there, like, no, this no, is no, our come guy. on, yeah, no, just say with the content, and because it is, it's 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 personal, you know. what I mean, like, yeah. there's a one of the other things I think you know people might find interesting about the book is it's not just like here's the theory, it's not a research book. It like I said, it's the application, and one of the things I wanted to build into there is um, I've, I've got some former athletes that I interviewed 
to kind of give their side of it. So like, here's what I was trying to do as the coach. Tell me how that was received as the athlete. So some of the 2008 Olympic crew, um, but also, you know, former gopher athletes, uh, Dally, Sarah, uh, you know, gave some really great interviews in there. So, um, Again, you know, when, when we talk about being for athletes, coaches, and parents of athletes, it, it really is. It, we, we try to give lots of different looks at, at this research and how it applies and then how it's lived. Yeah, I'm getting the audio version for sure. That's great. <laughs> well, plus, it's your story. I mean, it's your – I mean, yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. cool. That's really cool. Championship behavior is a model for competitive excellence in sports. Well, um, thanks so much for joining us. That was great. Yeah, my pleasure. Nice I'm, glad, to be I'm here. glad to see you around too. You know, it's good. Yeah, yeah. And um, I know Mark always speaks highly of um, of all the stuff you do. So we appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure, man. All right, there Cheers. he is. Hugh McCutcheon, episode 73. I hope you enjoyed all the terrific insight from Gopher legend Hugh McCutcheon. My thanks to him for spending time with us here on the Go Gopher podcast, episode number 73. We're presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. We're also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, a locally member-owned, full-service financial invested in you. You can learn more at infinityplus.org slash go gophers. They also have a top ranked mobile app. So check that out. We're also sponsored by state farm agent, Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcast and please be sure to click the subscribe button right now to the go gopher podcast. It's free to subscribe and free to listen at any time. And please share the link to the podcast with others so they can subscribe and listen as well. We'll talk again next week.